Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 27 of Revelation chapter 1. And our verse in Revelation 1 verse 7 has taken us back to the Old Testament book of Zechariah. And we've been looking at chapter 12 and verses 9 through 11. And I'll read that passage again. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. And I will pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplications. And they shall look upon me whom they have pierced. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the morning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddon. And we were looking at these verses in our last study. We saw that Zechariah 12 verse 9 identifies with the time at the end of the Great Tribulation when God then destroys the nations that he himself had raised up to bring judgment upon his people on the New Testament churches and congregations. And we also saw verse 10 identifies with the true believers, the elect who are of the house of David. They are the inhabitants of heavenly Jerusalem and God has poured upon them the spirit of grace. And they're the ones that are looking upon the Lord Jesus Christ, whom they pierced, that is, were responsible for his suffering due to our transgressions and the fact that he had to make payment for them. And they shall mourn for him. That is, the true believers are mourning for Christ as one mourneth for his only son and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. And both only son and firstborn point also to the Lord Jesus Christ. And why is this mourning going on for the only son? Well, we went to a couple of verses that indicated that it related the only son to the Lord Jesus. And we saw that it's not just at the cross, but in Jeremiah 6, uh, the, that kind of language was used when when uh, the the Babylonians came against Judah. And that, in turn, figures or points to spiritually the assault of Satan against the churches. Why mourning for an only son in, in that kind of context? Well, because the Lord Jesus is departed from the church, and, and just as someone who dies is departed from the father, let's say, who has a son, and it's it's a time of bitter lamentation. He he is gone, and uh, it seems that would be what is in view with the language in Jeremiah six, and in this verse in Zechariah twelve verse ten, since verse nine also sets the context as not the great tribulation, but the end of the great tribulation. When God is now judging those that are responsible for judging his people. And the Lord tells us um, in the book of Jeremiah that judgment day he likens to a time of vengeance. It says in Jeremiah 51 in 
verse 10, Jehovah has brought forth our righteousness. Come and let us declare in Zion the work of Jehovah our God. Make bright the arrows, gather the shields. Jehovah has raised up the spirit of the kings of the Medes, for his device is against Babylon to destroy it, because it is the vengeance of Jehovah, the vengeance of his temple. Well, here God is is saying it plainly. He is raising up the spirit of the kings of the Medes, and it was the Medes and the Persians that finally conquered Babylon after the 70-year period. And that 70 years typified the complete duration of the Great Tribulation, which in actuality worked out to be a full 23 years. But after the 70 years, and thereby pointing to after the Great Tribulation, the Medes and the Persians conquered Babylon and Babylon was taken. Babylon fell at that point. And why? It is the vengeance of Jehovah, the vengeance of his temple. Because God used Babylon to destroy his temple. It was of the Lord that that, that happened and that take place. But they don't get away with it because they did so out of sinful desires and hatred towards the people of God and following the Lord's usage of them to bring about that judgment, he takes vengeance upon them. The vengeance against those that uh, dare to set forth their hand, in a sense, against the Lord's anointed, against those that, at least outwardly, were the representatives of the kingdom of heaven on earth. They identified with God in setting forth your hand against them, was like setting forth your hand against God himself. Well, it it goes on to say here in verse 11 of Zechariah 12, in that day, and we're, we're seeing that this would identify with the day of judgment, in that day shall there be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddo. Now, here in Jerusalem would relate to the elect. They they are in Jerusalem. All of God's people who are truly saved are citizens of that heavenly city. We are part of Jerusalem above. The earthly Jerusalem was cut off, Zechariah 14 tells us. Yet the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. We uh, maintain our citizenship in the heavenly kingdom of God. We are part of the bride of Christ, and and therefore we are part of New Jerusalem. And there there is a great mourning as the mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddo. Now the word as is important. It's a little word, but it, it means like, that is, it is similar to, God is pointing to an event, um, a mourning that took place in, uh, of Hadarimmon in the Valley of Megiddo, and he's saying that in that day there will be a great mourning in Jerusalem like that mourning that he's referring to, similar to, and that is 
this morning of Hadarimmon in the Valley of Megiddon is information that will teach us about the morning in that day, which would be a reference to the Day of Judgment. Well, what was the cause of this morning of Hadarimmon in the Valley of Megiddon? And when we look up this word, Hadadrimmon, Hadadrimmon, it's not much help because it's only found here in this verse. Nowhere else in the Bible will you find Hadadrimmon. But it is a compound word. It's it's um, made up of two different Hebrew words. The first is Hadad. And Hadad is a name of uh, a few individuals in the Bible. And I, I looked at uh, these individuals and I don't see any relationship to a valley of Megiddo or Megiddon uh, anywhere. And it, it, and that also wasn't much help. Now, Rimen is a place and it's also an idol. In Zechariah 14, verse 10, it says, All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimen south of Jerusalem. And, and then it goes on. So Rimen is a place. There was also a rock Rimen in somewhere near the land of Benjamin that, that we read about in the Bible. But Rimen, um, is a, a false god. It's an idol that you may remember from the account of Naaman the Syrian. After he was healed of his leprosy, he now recognized the true God of Israel as the the only God. And he said in Second Kings 5, verse 18, In this thing, Jehovah, pardon thy servant, that when my master goeth into the house of Rimen to worship there, and he leaneth on my hand, and I bow myself in the house of Rimen, when I bow down myself in the house of Rimen, Jehovah, pardon thy servant in this thing. So Naaman the Syrian was very concerned about entering into this idolatrous house of Rimen because now he realized that Rimen was nothing, that it was only the God of Israel, Jehovah, that was the true God. And we, we won't get into anything further in this, except that Rimen was an idol, and there was a house of Rimen, but we we just can't see how that can identify with with what's being stated here in Zechariah 12, um, the morning of Hadad Rimen in the valley of Megiddo. So Hadad Rimen um, isn't going to help us too much in understanding this, but what about a morning? taking place in the valley of Megiddo. Now again, if you look up the word Megiddo, you will only find it here, it in, it spelled this way in the Bible. But it is a, a translation of the same Hebrew word that is translated as Megiddo. It's, it's the same word. For whatever reason, the translators added an N here in Zechariah, but it is the same word as Megiddo. 
and something happened at Megiddo that was uh, very significant. In Second Kings, we'll we'll read um, really like a capsule form of this, and then we'll go to Chronicles and and we'll read a little bit more information. But in Second Kings twenty three, beginning in verse twenty nine, it says there in his days Pharaoh Necho king of Egypt, went up against the king of Assyria to the river Euphrates. And King Josiah went against him, and he slew him at Megiddo when he had seen him. And his servants carried him in a chariot dead from Megiddo and brought him to Jerusalem and buried him in his own sepulcher. And the people of the land took Jehoaz, the son of Josiah, and anointed him and made him king in his father's stead. Here, uh, Josiah, the last good king of Judah, was slain at Megiddo. Now, this uh, is significant because we know that Josiah was killed in the year 609 B.C., and that began the 70-year period in which God gave up his people. He forsook them. And spiritually, uh, Judah became a desolation, the Bible says, for 70 years, 609 B.C. until 539 B.C. And this 70-year period is a historical type and figure of the actual Great Tribulation that we just witnessed and went through. So it's very interesting and significant that God speaks of a mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddo in Zechariah 12, verse 10. And that's where Josiah died when he went up against Egypt. Is it a coincidence? Well, let's turn to the parallel passage in Second Chronicles 35. And we'll get some more information. And we'll find, no, it's not a mistake. We We have the right historical event this is what god is referring to there's nothing else when we search the bible that could have taken place that could fit the description that zechariah 12:10 is telling us of a morning a great morning in the valley of megiddo except what happened to josiah it says in second chronicles 35 and i'll begin in verse 19 In the eighteenth year of the reign of Josiah was this Passover kept. Now, I started there because this Passover is also the year when the book of the law was found, and Josiah was 26 years old. He began to reign as a boy at the age of eight. So his eighteenth year would have made him 26, and 26 is two times 13. Now, from this point, He would live 13 more years and then die at the hands of the Egyptians in in the Valley of Megiddo at the age of 39. And we can see how God identifies or uh, relates the number 13 very much with Josiah. 39 is three times 13. He found the book of the law or it was found in his days when he was 26, two times 13 because the um, death of Josiah in 609 
identifies with the beginning of the Great Tribulation. And when did the Great Tribulation begin? In the year 1988, which happened to be the 13,000th year of Earth's history. And, and so God wants to make sure we don't miss this number 13 in association with Josiah. And then it goes on in verse 20. After all this, when Josiah had prepared the temple, Necho, king of Egypt, came up to fight against Kirkamish by Euphrates. And Josiah went out against him. But he sent ambassadors to him, saying, What have I to do with thee, thou king of Judah? I come not against thee this day, but against the house wherewith I have war. For God commanded me to make haste. Forbear thee from meddling with God. Who is with me, that he destroy thee not? Nevertheless, Josiah would not turn his face from him, but disguised himself, that he might fight with him. And hearken not unto the words of Necho from the mouth of God, and came to fight in the valley of Megiddo. And the archers shot at King Josiah, and the king said to his servants, Have me away, for I am sore wounded. His servants therefore took him out of that chariot, and put him in the second chariot that he had. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died, and was buried in one of the sepulchres of his fathers. And all Judah and Jerusalem mourned for Josiah. There is is the word we're looking for. The mourning. There was a great mourning. Let, let me read this again. Historically, um, it says in Zechariah 12:11, In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem as the mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddo. Josiah was slain, the good king Josiah, the king in which the people of Judah could see the blessing of God upon them by by giving them such an excellent king, a faithful king. And now he, he was dead, and all the kings that would follow would be evil kings because God's blessing had departed from them. God now was raising up an enemy, Nebuchadnezzar and Babylon to come against Judah to punish his people. Well, we we can see how Zechariah 12:11 uh, identifies and relates and ties in to Josiah's death. But but how does that help us? Well, let's let's read it again. And again, verse 10 and 11 are tied together and it's telling us they shall look upon me whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his only son, and shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. In that day there shall be a great mourning in Jerusalem, as the mourning of Hadarimmon in the valley of Megiddo. Now God is speaking of the day of judgment, and in that day there will be a mourning of the people of God, the elect people of God, because something similar will happen that happened at the beginning of the Great Tribulation. What happened at the beginning of the Great Tribulation? Well, the Bible tells us in Revelation 8 and other places that one-third of the sun, the third part of the sun was darkened, and a third part of the moon, 
and a third part of the stars. The Bible tells us the Holy Spirit came out of the midst. The Bible teaches us that when the Great Tribulation began, the light of the gospel went out in the churches and congregations of the world. And no one was becoming saved anywhere in any church throughout the entire period of the 23-year Great Tribulation period. And now in that day, the day of judgment, there will be a similar morning, a great morning, like as the morning in the Valley of Megiddo, or like when Josiah was killed, when he was slain. And it will be a time when the sun or the light of the gospel goes out all over the earth, when the light of the moon, which pictures the word of God, the law of God, is no longer shining. And when the Holy Spirit has removed himself from saving individuals in this world, the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom will be heard no more at all. The light of the candlestick will shine no more at all. God gives us so many uh, different ways of saying the same thing that he is indicating there will be a time of mourning. This is the mourning that we read about in Matthew 24, which occurs immediately after the tribulation of those days. In verse 29, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven. And then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. We see the Lord Jesus Christ coming as the judge. He is judging the world with power and great glory. This uh, this is what our verse in Revelation 1 is referring to. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him. And they also which pierced him. And all kindreds or tribes of the earth shall wail. And, th- and that's the same word as mourn in Matthew 24. Shall mourn because of him. And and so we we see the, the tragic news that God is giving us. The sorrowful information. No wonder all the tribes of the earth. No wonder... God's people are mourning. We take no pleasure as God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked. There is no joy. The joy of the earth is gone. Remember what we read in Isaiah 24 when we went through that chapter. How how sad and sorrowful it was when it says in verse 7, The new wine mourneth, the vine languisheth. All the merry-hearted do sigh. The mirth of tabrets ceases. The noise of them that rejoice endeth. The joy of the heart ceaseth. They shall not drink wine with a song. Strong drink shall be bitter to them that drink it. And, and so on. Verse 11. There is a crying for wine in the streets. All joy is darkened. The mirth of the land is gone. This is the reason why all the tribes of the earth mourn. God's people see these things. They see what God is doing 
as the Lord opens up the eyes of our understanding. And so, yes, there is sorrow if, as Jeremiah was a weeping prophet because of what God had done to his people. How much more shall the people of God weep when we see what God has done to the earth? We love the gospel. We love the day of salvation. We love being able to share wonderful truths with our neighbors, with our friends, even with our enemies. We love uh, encouraging people, beseeching them on God's behalf. Go to the Lord. Seek him while he may be found. Perhaps he'll have mercy upon you. We loved encouraging people to cry for mercy. Go to God as blind Bartimaeus. And if anyone tells you to stop crying for mercy, cry all the more. These are the things that the people of God love as we enjoyed our task of carrying the gospel to the world that they might hear and that God might have mercy upon them. And yet that task, as far as evangelizing the world to salvation, that individuals might go with the hope that God might save fresh, uh, afresh this day, that task is finished. It is done and completed. And now we, we have the task of sharing truth, of feeding sheep, but we, we take no joy. The, the joy of the earth is gone with the news that the door to heaven has shut and the light of the gospel is put out.